Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. There are thousands of amazing self-help books out there, but what happens when you're struggling at the moment and need help now? Well, my new book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook, is your new go-to self-help book. I wrote it specifically for when you don't know how to overcome a challenge. Each chapter gives you a framework on how to tackle your situation. I help you focus on what already works for you. Your situation today may be different, but the emotions you're currently feeling, you felt them before, and you did something that helped you. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. This book is specifically written to help you overcome any obstacle you may face. Purchase your book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. Once again, purchase Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. My guests today are Asher Wright and Lavinia Grosanu. They are the co-founders of the Life-Changing Wisdom Coach, co-hosts of the Pandora's Awareness Podcast, and the co-authors of the Demi-Divine Book Series. In today's episode, we talk about their book, Turn Your Trauma Into Treasures with Life-Changing Wisdom, which helps you take stumbling blocks and turn them into stepping stones. Welcome to Lifeology. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much, James. Yes. <laughs> I was really excited to meet your co-host, but unfortunately, she's not here today. Livinia Grisano, you are here in spirit. So thank you uh, for being a part of the book series, and we'll definitely talk more about that soon. But Astro, I got a chance to meet you through our mutual friend, Corey Poirier. Um, he has a show called Blue Talks, and I know he works with a lot of wonderful people like yourself. And so he's helped you, and I'm sure many other people, take their platform and launch it into many other successes as well. So Corey, once again, thank you. Um, you're welcome back on my show anytime. <laughs> but Asher, give us a little bit of your backstory, because when you pitched your idea to me, I was fascinated and really honored that you would want to be on my show. Yes, James. Well, I, I definitely, it's, a, it's an honor to be here. And uh, thanks to Corey again for making an introduction and getting me here so I can kind of tell the story a little bit. Mm -hmm. So for your listeners, James, if, if, if you're a modern-day mother or a modern-day father, just imagine being 34 years old as a modern-day mother and I already, already have nine kids. And as a modern-day yes. father, just imagine being a father of nine without a formal education. So mm -hmm. growing up, right, growing up, my, my, my mother at the age of 34 already had nine kids and my father didn't have a formal education because he lost both his, his parents by the age of 10. So he didn't oh, have the gosh. support to go to really go to school, kind of like, so he grew up on the streets and what my father did, which inspired me to this day is he, he used his current capability at, at the time. So he got, he got into farming, right? So my dad was a farmer growing up. He grew up in Jamaica, the island of Jamaica. So he, he was a farmer during that time period, and he did a lot of things with his current capability that inspired me today. And growing up, he used to say, Asher, you know, sit your ass down and go read a book, right? I never, I never <laughs> listened. Sorry about the, the curse word, but it's like, you know, sit down and go read a book. But I never listened because <laughs> no. what I suffered from at the time of growing up, which I didn't know until later on in my years, after I was in the military, I realized that I suffered from dyslexia and ADD. So those uh -huh. symptoms was prevalent in my life. So I suffered from those things. So reading and listening to books was never something that I really find joy in. Mm -hmm. So at the age of 35, it felt like it took me 35 years to read one book. Wow. Right. So and the only book that I've read 
at the age of 35 was the Bible. So it took me, it feel like it took mm. me 35 years. So I decided at 36, <laughs> right, I'm going to change my story. I'm going to change this entire story. I've been telling myself that, hey, I don't enjoy reading so forth and so on. Because I love stories. I grew up you know, listening to a lot of the wise folks because my, my dad was a Rastafarian growing up. So I just thought these wise people talk about stuff. And that really interests me. So I set a challenge. I'm going to read and listen to 100 books a year and 1,000 books wow. in 10 years. So I'm on my seventh year right now. Only about 10 more books to kind of accomplish my 700 book club goal. So that kind of set my journey wow. to where I'm at right now. So that's where I'm looking at my life. How do I do that thing that my dad had his, you know, his current capability at the time? He couldn't read, but he was able to work, apply himself. Mm -hmm. This is this man, um, James, like dig down a whole side of a mountain by himself, right? Oh Just gosh. to plant potatoes and so forth and so on. So I see the hard work he put into things. Oh so I'm gosh. saying I got to wow. do the same thing too. Yes. So that's my story a little bit in a short, in a short nutshell. That's my story. So right mm -hmm. now, um, I kind of set the goal to write 86 book by my 86th birthday. And now I have my first book comes out, came out in June. So that's what kind of like the story kind of hear about like turning my traumas into trade. That's the name of the book right now. Yeah. Over to you. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, first off, I mean, your parents sound so inspirational. I mean, the fact that they were able to, uh, I don't care where, who you are. I mean, to have that many children, that, that is such a, a, a blessing, but it's also a huge responsibility. So, you know, one yeah. thing I think people forget is that just because someone doesn't have an, doesn't have education doesn't mean they're not intelligent. It just means they don't have education. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a really good distinction that people need to remember is that people who are educated, they're very privileged to have that education. Not everybody has that opportunity to do that. And so your father sounds like he took his skill set um, and was able to use that and to inspire and to provide. And I, I just really applaud him. So um, I, I think that's fantastic. The other thing I really wanted to say as well is most people who do have dyslexia don't realize that that's what it is. They, don't, they just like, I just can't read it or it doesn't make sense to me. And so a lot of times they're, they struggle in school. And until you can put a name to it, they just think, oh, I'm just not good at this. Or I don't get it. It just doesn't compute. And so a lot of times they will redirect their focus on extracurricular things like sports or um, even in school, you know, laughing, joking, trying to be the life of the party because it's hard for them to focus because it just doesn't click. And so I think many people who have a learning disability don't realize that's what it is. And so thankfully for you, you're able to put a name to it and then figure out what works for you because there are workarounds for that as well. Oh, yes, that is 100% true. Thank you so much. Because I did 22 years in the military, James, and it was very tough wow. for me. So naturally, I have very good people skills. And when it comes to like the little technical detail stuff, I used to struggle with it so much. So I have to find myself focusing on how do I really work with people? Because that's yeah. where I come alive. And I can assist there mm -hmm. to somebody's story. I can make sense of it. But when it comes to like getting really deep into the detail, my brain's like, hold on, buddy. This is not your area of expertise. <laughs> so I always kind of navigate away That's from funny. it. But I realized that that was also another place for me here to mask. Because I, I strongly believe that whatever the, the thing that makes you mad, piss you off, frustrate you, is universe. It, uh -huh. it attaches to you and saying that you're here to master this thing. Yes. And the things that yes. I was like, man, I'm, I'm not good at. I'm not good at writing and reading and so forth. The universe is like, hey, you're here to master these things. I attach these things to you yeah. like a fragrance. Like no matter how far yeah. you run, where you run to, it's not going to leave you alone. Right. Uh, and I'm like, you know what? Let me let me stop running from these things and stop hiding from it. Let me face it and find a way to overcome it and transform it. Yes. And that's what I did with writing and reading and so forth and so on. That's amazing. Before we jump into your book, Turn Your Traumas into Treasure with Life Changing Wisdom, let's talk more about your uh, life changing wisdom coach coaching system. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So when I was I was in the, I would think I was like maybe 2018, I was getting ready to kind of transition from the military. I, I was close to my 20 year mark in 2018. Uh -huh. And I was trying to figure out, like, what am I going to do with my life next? What is the next frontier of stuff that I want to do? Yeah. And I was thinking about 
you know, I love psychology, I love philosophy, I love metaphysics, but I didn't want to go to school to really go get certified in those things. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember back in 2016, I was reading an article from the UN saying that, hey, in the next 30 years or something like that, they're going to they gonna need so many more enough teachers because they can't educate enough people to, be, to, to feel fully the roles of those teachers. I was like, man, I want to contribute, but I don't want to go to school to do this stuff either. Then I came across coaching. I'm like, wow, I've been doing this thing the entire time in the military. Mm-hmm. I'm very good at it. Yeah, right? yeah. Because <laughs> I always have a lot of soldiers sit down, we talk about stuff, and we help them solve their problems and so forth and so on. So yeah. I'm like, man, I can do it. I can do this thing. And know wisdom is my highest value. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to create a, a coaching business. I'm going to consider myself a wisdom coach, right? So I can focus mm-hmm. on the application of things because wisdom means application for me. So when I'm working yeah. with people, I'm like, hey, the things you need to do are the things you're thinking about being. Some, there's an application part of it. You got you to apply certain things to, uh, to activate your awareness. So I love the application of things. I'm a, I came from a doing organization. Mm-hmm. So I was focusing on that. So now I'm like, okay, life-changing wisdom coach. That's going to be my next thing I'm going to work on. The next thing like I'm going to get into. So that's why I started my online life coaching business. And now I feel like I can, I can help add value to the world. And also, I didn't really want to work for nobody else. Because in the military, <laughs> it's something I tell myself that I didn't want to be in another position where I have to keep secrets where I cannot tell the mm-hmm. truth. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to get another government job to where I could do that. I want to be able to go out there and see things that are affecting people that I can talk about freely without like, oh, yeah. I can't talk about this because it goes against this and that and so forth. Or I got to keep secret because yeah. sometimes in the military, you see stuff like, I don't agree with that or I don't like what they're doing, but I got to keep secret. I can't mm-hmm. tell it. Mm-hmm. So I want to be in a position mm-hmm. where I get to tell the truth, help people navigate yeah. life. So that's where I, where I really started Life Changing Wisdom Coach. Congratulations. I was looking at your website. You guys offer a lot of different services, obviously veteran owned, uh, specifically helping people with dyslexia and ADHD, which is something obviously you went through as well. So lots of great little nuggets of things you all do. And I'm sure you're really inspiring and helping people level up as well. Let's transition to your book, uh, Turn Your Traumas Into Treasures with Life-Changing Wisdom. First off, how did you and Lavinia, your co-author, how did you guys meet? So I had a, I had a Facebook group um, called Life-Changing Wisdom, and I was posting a lot of my ideas and stuff. I was sharing stuff on there. You know, it's kind of stuff to uplift people and stuff like messages and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I posted something and we started having chatting about it back and forth. And we just, because she was living in Romania at the time. Mm. And we were just talking about this, you know, how we see life and so forth and so on. And I was working on, the, I, was, I just started working on the book and we were talking about it. And then it was like, hey, let's start a podcast. Because she was like, I want to start a podcast. I'm like, hey, I want to start a podcast too. So then we started a <laughs> podcast cool. together and then we started sharing stories and going back and forth. She like, really like my thinking partner. So, when I have ideas, I want to bounce ideas off somebody. I kind of call her up. We just talk about it and go back and forth. And then we started working on the book together and just kind of filling stuff in there. And then after mm. that, just kind of like the, the chemistry was there. We can really like think about stuff. And mm, after that's that, good. it just took off. And now we're just really yeah. good friends. So she's like one of my best friends. Oh, that's wonderful. And as I yeah. said, unfortunately, unfortunately, she couldn't be here today. So going back to your book, Traumas Into Treasures with Life-Changing Wisdom, what is the concept of this book? I mean, title's pretty self-explanatory, but what's the concept? Is it a, is it a memoir? Is it a workbook what kind of book is it okay so it's a book full of life tools so if somebody hear it it's not a book that has my story in it um it's mm-hmm. not a, it's not a book that talk about my story like a memoir it's not that it's not that it's, bun- mm-hmm. it's a book with a bunch of life tools because i've read so many books listened to so many books and i've seen so many stories i'm like you know what let me extract all of these life tools and put it in because when i, when I earlier i was saying i want to write 86 book by my 86 book 86 birthday now this book mm-hmm. i have all the ideas for me to write those 86 books so i sat down and i captures everything because I want to write um, the series of the books I want to put out is what I call mental intercourse, spiritual mm-hmm. intercourse, physical intercourse, and social intercourse. 
Now, the mm-hmm. mental intercourse piece, which is the first volume that I just came up with, is all about how do you communicate a deeper understanding of, of your physical experience of reality to other people. Like how, how you really okay. like, translate the story that you experience in life and communicate with other people. And oftentimes mm-hmm. that's a difficulty we have because, you know, we experience certain things that we need language to kind of define and describe it. Because I believe that we live in a, in a world of words. And if you have the right kind of words to define and describe reality, then your reality makes sense. And all the time, mm-hmm. people don't have those words because they awfulize the story based on the experience of it, based on the limited amount of words or language they use to describe it. So yeah. the book is about that. How do you use different life tools to really translate your story and define it? And in the opening of the book, um, there's a quote by Desmond Tutu, which I love. And it goes like, it's kind of summarized the book, really. It's like, language is very powerful. Language does not just describe reality. Language creates reality described. So mm-hmm. when I first came across that quote, I'm like, wow, this is exactly what I was talking about. Because growing up, I used to have limited amounts of language and words. And my experience mm-hmm. of reality was based on the language I could use to describe it. But when I started listening to other people's story, their experience of reality, I'm like, wow, they're telling the whole different way than I'm telling it. Yeah. And we have the same experience. So how do I use mm-hmm. their language to define and describe my reality? And that's what the book is about. Over to you. Mm. That's interesting because I think the whole thing when it when it you have a perception of something. And so I, I've worked with many people. In fact, even in my own life, I was talking to my sisters the other day. So they're a few years older than I am. And we were talking about how we grew up and they were saying things that they're experienced. I'm like, well, that's not how I grew up. And so it was just really interesting that our, you can be like even twins have a different way of how they see the world. And so I think it, it's important to understand, like you said, the language, because just because you experience something doesn't necessarily mean that that's factual. It just means that's your experience. And so when you understand it, in a bigger picture, like, oh, now it makes more sense. So that's the perspective that we get, but we can't really get perspective without the knowledge and the wisdom of, of language, of conversation, of really talking it out. Because without that, we get, we think the same thoughts over and over and over again. And so with, when that happens, unfortunately, we get stuck in the same way. So to be able to have an interaction with, with someone allows the person to expand their horizons and say, oh, now this makes more sense. I have more insight into you, which helps me have insight into me. Mm. Because you know, whether we like it or not, James, like people have figured out how to live this life. So people have mastered <laughs> right. the process of living this life. And it just, it just so happens that sometimes you don't really understand it. You don't have access to yeah. it. And when you're like, wow, like when I was at, struggling with my dyslexia and ADD, I didn't realize that there was other people that have figured out. Like they mm. found the intellectual shortcuts to like navigate life. I'm like, wow, I'm out there struggling. But there's tools and systems that's out there that people have been using. Yeah. Because I'm not the first one that showed with ADD and dyslexia. I'm not the first one, yeah. but somebody have mastered it. And once I yeah. started tapping in the story, I remember I was figuring out, I was taking on the journey of writing, being an author. And I was like, man, because um, I, I grew up, you know, I grew up in Jamaica. And, you know, we learn English at school, but we speak something else. So <laughs> I didn't take a, I didn't take a lot of, uh, I didn't put a lot of work into like mastering the rules of the English language. Like I learned in uh-huh. school, but I go home and speak something else. So when, yeah. I, when I got to America and I joined the military, I realized, whoa. I need to figure out the rules of the English language because I didn't use it growing up. Yeah. So I was struggling with it. So now when I realized that when I started writing, I was like, wait a minute. Um, a lot of these guys that I looked up to as authors that has this sexy and idiot like me, they didn't master the rules of the English language anyway. Who helped them was editors. I'm like, I'm struggling this whole time. Not mm. want to share my story. I want to share what I'm <laughs> thinking about, my ideas, because I'm like, oh, my, my grammar sucks. But then yeah. I realized that, oh, these guys' grammar sucks too. They just have somebody helping them. Once yeah. I discovered that, I'm like, hold on. I'm stressing about the wrong thing. Like there's <laughs> other people right. with the skill set I need to help me master this thing yeah. I'm here to master so I can tell my story, you know, translate my journey. 
And that's what yeah. I, that's what that's some of the stuff that the mindset piece that kind of helped me navigate life a little bit. Yeah, that's fantastic. Tell me more about the book. What what are the um are they are there certain tell us some of the practical tools that are actually in the book so people can maybe even practice them today. Okay. So in the book, there's one area we talk about called the eight major states of consciousness. And okay. it's something I'm gonna write about a lot more later. And it's it's kind of like going after the the life mastery piece of it. So in life, you 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 have what you call the 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 highest academic academic achievement, which is the PhD side of the house, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes people focus on that, and that what that does is you, you you get educated in that process, and then society kind of kind of lock you in this box. Okay, you you get to, you try to get the PhD piece, and then you focus on doing a lot of stuff, which I call I reason I call it philosophy and doing. Okay. Right? And then we, we 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 skip what the other side of it. I'm trying to create the mindset around, which is with the PhD. The philosophy in being, in being you. Uh-huh. So oftentimes people think that you got to go to a university to certify you in being you. Uh-huh. And oftentimes that's not the case. So how do you take your life experience and use it to help other people? Because the only university I think that matters to me is the university of the universe. The original uh-huh. university. The one that people used to go to before they start going to the regular institution and so forth and so on. Before those yeah. things exist, the original people, they go to university universe. So I realized that... Um, how do you look at your life, your life story, your life experience, and then use that to help other people? And those mm-hmm. are the thinking process I'm trying to get people to think of. Focus on the PHB, because oftentimes where you get trapped into what I call, you know, system of normalized averages, which is society, they lock you into this mm-hmm. box. And now yeah. they get you trapped in it and you're just like, oh, I got to go slay for these people, do this, do this, do this, and so forth and so on. So I'm doing things that I don't want to be, because the things you do, you end up mm-hmm. being it. So then how do you yeah. be you and then do the things that you want to do that that you're proud to be who you are in that process of doing it yeah and that's what i'm trying to help orientate your mind around yeah how do you help them navigate that though so that's great in theory and i know you have practical Mm -hmm. tools for that tools for that well so i the concept of how to be a phd in being and so um with that though to, to kind of break out of that mold what would be like maybe one technique they could use right now okay technique huh you know, we started out, we talk about how to look at your own story. Mm-hmm. So, if, so, so I'm going to break, I'm either, cause I use, I use analogy mostly as what I call spam, similes, priorities, analogy, metaphors. Okay. So, so it's kind of like the idea of how you take a big body of information and break it onto a small capsule so people can understand. Mm-hmm. So I speak a lot to similes, priorities, and analogies. I use a lot of those because that's the only way for me to relate to your story is for you to tell me your story. Then from there, I can use those to give you an understanding of exactly what you're sharing with me. So if I had to spam that, so say, for example, if you look at a cube, right, mm-hmm. a cube has, it's the, same, it's the same form from different angles. But if you look at it, you might say, hey, it looks a little differently. But if you shift your angle from it, and it's the same thing. So your story, mm-hmm. even though it might be awful, but if you, if you rotate and look at your story differently, it's going to sound differently. It's going to sound different. So mm-hmm. how, I look, how I look at, so somebody tell me a story like, hey, man, I have this awful experience. I'm like, okay, hold on. Tell me the story, then we look at it from a different angle. It's the same story, Good. nothing changed, right? Mm-hmm. Except the angle on it. So when you tell me your stories, tell me the experience you have, then from there I can help you navigate, like, hold on, your story is not that awful. It's actually beautiful. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's the way you look at it. So I will ask people this question. So how do you see the world today? Yeah. So do you see the world as an awful place, a beautiful place, a, a messy place, and so forth and so on? Based on how you see the world, that's all you kind of like see your experience of it. So I ask people, like, how do you look at the world? Is the world a dangerous place? If the world is a dangerous place, you're going to see danger in it. 
Because remember when I was when I was in the military and I deployed, right? I went to Afghanistan, whatever, and I came back. I was looking for danger everywhere. I was wondering why am I keep seeing danger everywhere I look? Because in my mind, mm. I was looking for dangers in the world. Even though I was no longer in the combat zone, I'm still seeing the danger in the world because I'm looking for it. So oftentimes, yeah. the same thing with your story. If you if the world's a dangerous place, you're gonna see all the danger in it. So I'm I'm getting people to look at look at your story and say, hey, what's beautiful about it? And you can see it because yeah. now you get your brain to look at the, the beauty in your story, if that makes any sense. No, it does. It's funny because I always tell people that as well. I always talk about a diamond. Uh, the diamond has so many facets and whatever way you turn the diamond, it's still the same thing, but you get to look at it differently. So it's the same concept. So I, I really, so I think it, you and I resonate really well is, you know, lifeology is a study of life. And so I created a platform mm -hmm. where I get to learn so many things. So lifeology is, um, we get to look at someone and say, wow, I want to be more like that. Let me do what they do. Or people can look at someone else and be like, ah, I see the outcome of that. That's not what I want. So let me avoid that. So this is the same concept as learning from each other in that respect. Uh, the other thing when it comes to looking at something differently, you know, it's, it, it really boils down to perspective, kind of what I said before. And my viewers and listeners hear me say this all the time, but every event in our life is like a jigsaw puzzle piece. When you mm -hmm. link one jigsaw puzzle piece to another, then all of a sudden there's there's more perspective. And so you're like, oh, I know where those two pieces go now. But initially when we get stuck with one jigsaw puzzle piece, that was like, where does, where does this even go if I'm, do, if I'm doing a puzzle? But the more you have together, the more it actually shows something, which is that perspective. And so that's why when you help them reframe that, you help them say, well, what came from that event though? And then what came from that event? What came from that event? And do you like who you are today? And if you do, then those events in your past had to have happened because if you love who you are today, then you wouldn't be who you are today without some of those events. So it's learning how everything links together in, in a beautiful tapestry of the, the, the beautiful pieces, the, the dark pieces, all of that creates who we are. And so I really like how you reframe that. So help people look at it in a different way to say, yeah, it may have been difficult, but beauty came from that as well. Hmm. So I'm going to tap this right here real quick. Cause the next book I'm working on, the title is how to be, how to be the biggest failure. <laughs> and and it's it's it sounds kind of sounds kind of crazy, but here's the thing, right? I think me personally, failure and success they all up in the same place. Right? They have the same destination. Yeah, Over a long period yeah. of time, whatever is whatever succeed is going to end up failing. It's going to die off. Whatever whatever you fail at right now is going to end up succeed over a long period of time frame. So it's the idea about how do you look at things that you might feel disempowered about looking at it, but it's actually it's a good thing, right? It's a good thing. So find something to go fail at. That's my that's been my journey. I started off very hard, right? The sex and ADD had me learn stuff the hard way. But I'm yeah. an expert at failure because I realized that failure ended up being successful at the, in the end, right? At over yes. over a long period of time. So that's that's an, that's an idea I want to show it to you real quick. No, I really appreciate that. That's that's fantastic. We only have a couple more minutes here, but with, with the book itself, what are you hoping to to accomplish, or what are you hoping? What's the mission of the book? Yes, great question, by the way. What's the mission of the book? I'm, I'm trying to have people orientate their mindset around like whatever in your story that you think is trauma is a gift because mm -hmm. it's treasure because over a long period of time, once you connect the dots, you're like, wow, this stuff is not as horrible as I thought it was because it, it got me mm -hmm. where I'm at today. And yeah. I'm trying to have people look at because my story is like, look to my, my parents' trauma. When you think about trauma, oftentimes you think about your trauma, but I don't think that that's just basic. I think about my parents' trauma, their grandparents' trauma, all of their trauma combined, mm -hmm. right? When I look at it, it's all treasure because I look at my dad's story, my mom's story, how that thing set in motion, my story. Because in, in, the, in the gap of their story was a storyteller that I was missing, was my purpose in life, mm. which to tell their story, tell the stuff that they yeah. went through, kind of share it to empower them on their journey, also my own journey. So I'm looking at the book is about how do you look at your, your whole history, including your parents, the thing mm. that you might think is trauma? It wasn't. 
because the universe set in motion certain things for you to be here in life to doing the thing you're doing. Like I had to learn the hard way because I was meant to be a great helper and teacher. Right. Mm -hmm. So now I'm like, okay, I don't resent those things I went through because now based on that, the, the failure, all those things, I can connect with it because people connect with failure more than connect with success. Like somebody tell me about the success. Yeah, I'm sure. like, I'm not interested in that. Tell me about your failure <laughs> because that's the starting point for everything. It's failure. Yeah. So find something, go fail at, and eventually you're going to succeed at it. So it's all about like find something that, that look like trauma and turn it into treasure because it is treasure. Because once you use it to help other people, like, wow, no, I'm adding value to the world because the things that I really didn't have a great experience with, other people really resonate with because like, hey, that's where I'm at mm -hmm. right now. Tell me how you got out of it. Oh, this is what I did. Boom. I'm, I'm adding value. Does that make any sense? Yes, it does. It certainly does. Unfortunately, our time is up, Asher. If my viewers and listeners want to find out more information about you and to purchase your book and to learn all about uh, your coaching system, where will they find all this information online? Yes. So um, you can get a book off Amazon. I, I publish through Amazon. And then lifechangingwisdom.com, like www.lifechangingwisdom.com is where my coaching system is set up. And www.demidivine.com is where the book website is, is located at. So that's how you can contact me. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Wonderful. My viewers and listeners also know that if you can't find this information in any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com and I'll link you with Asher Wright and of course, Lavinia Grisanu, who's not here today and their book, Turn Your Traumas into Treasures with Life-Changing Wisdom. I also have their websites there, all their social media handles as well. So you can contact them at your leisure. Asher, thank you so much for being a fantastic guest today. James, it's a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.